0: This is Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. Our heart for you is that you would live like Jesus and share his love. In this edition of Radiant Reflections, Pastor Josh Hirma talks with special guest John Dresser. John is an estate planning lawyer in the Sturgis, Michigan area. His website is Dresser dashlaw.com. Today, Pastor Josh and John talk about how important it is from a stewardship angle to plan for one's death. Well, here's Pastor Josh and special guest, John Dresser.
1: Well, welcome back to Radio Inflections. My name is Josh Haramal, one of your hosts, and I am joined today by a guest, a gentleman from our community here in Sturgis. Uh, I am joined by John Dresser. John, you wanna introduce yourself to all the ladies and gentlemen that are listening or watching us today? Josh, be happy to. Well, that's all right. So uh, thank you, first of all, for this
2: opportunity. It's, uh, it's kind of exciting and it's gonna be fun. Uh, yes, I'm John Dresser many generation um lawyer business owner contributor to our uh, our wonderful community and i uh specialize in business and estate planning and state administration and death and dying issues so i'm uh, looking forward to getting into a discussion with you on some of those topics and giving some food for thought for those that uh take the time to look at this podcast in the future
1: no that's good so for those of you that have been with us on radio Reflections, we are in our series all about death and dying uh, so when we had the opportunity to sit down and chat with john i thought well this is great and in a sense looking at uh the stewardship aspect of death you know which is maybe not a topic that a lot of people you know think about all the time you know when, when they think oh hey death and dying you know that might not be the first thing that pops into their mind no normally that's
2: a um that's something where you have to peel back some of the onion skin to get them to that that uh, perspective and, and that thought process
1: so for those that are that are listening or watching they're like well what is estate planning even and just unpack that a little bit for us you know what, what exactly does that mean in a broader brush stroke i would
2: say that that is the it's the undertaking and effort that a person or maybe it's a it's a husband or wife will will leave it at that that undertakes to they've they build up assets during their lifetime and they have Goals and objectives, and where the assets should go, when they are either disabled but still living, but more importantly, when when they are no longer treading on on Earth. And it's the it's the process of developing a strategy to meet their objectives mm. and implementing that strategy into documents that reflect their their wishes
1: and their desires. So then when when they come to that point of dying or you know you mentioned even you know being disabled you know it's not kind of a an arbitrary uh, I wonder what John would have wanted to do with his you know his assets you know it, it, you kind of avoid that you uh,
2: you definitely do and it is people work hard for their for their worldly possessions and they have all different thoughts on who should get those and why people should get them um, many times I will hear you know I've I've paid enough taxes to the to the United States and in our case the state of Michigan and I really don't want those governments to get any more of of the of of the fruits of my bounty. So it is it is clearly about putting yourself in control of your assets by way of clear documentation saying that whoever is serving for you as a personal representative under a will or a trustee under a trust, this is how I want my Affairs to be handled and my assets to be distributed. And you follow that clearly and carefully.
1: Okay, which leads and you know, maybe we're jumping ahead a little bit, but so dig into that, you know, said, hey, you know, we don't want the state to get this. Let's say I don't do any estate planning. Like I just, you know, but I, I get hit by a bus. Right? Like who, where does my stuff go? Who handles that? Like how is how is all of that processed? You know, and again, if I if I walk out tomorrow and and die without that in place,
2: well, fortunately, we don't have the proverbial bus here in Sturgis, but, <laughs> but I understand, I understand your point. Um, so, in all ser- in all seriousness, after the grieving process is initiated by by your wife, then she would want to go to someone who is qualified in a state, a lawyer that's qualified in a state administration. Because if you have assets that are solely in your name, and I don't necessarily, I don't mean something like a life insurance policy that would have a designated beneficiary or a uh, a retirement plan that would have a beneficiary, mm-hmm. you have something, you have many things of real value that just happen to be titled in your name, those assets are going to go through probate. And if if a person dies without a will, back in the long time ago when, when the uh, when the pilgrims came from england they brought english common law and part of english common law is something called intestate succession intestate succession has been relevant under american state law you know ever forever and it is part of our statute it's part of the governing law, which is, governs a state administration in, in Michigan. And it would say "Part my family is going to get part of it if I have parents that are living they will get part of it. And it may even drop down to a generation below or equal to so cousins or aunts and uncles might might hmm. get part of it. And you just did a, hmm, that's an interesting kind of, that's an interesting kind of predicament. Um, a beneficiary may be someone that is, you, you just don't get along with for whatever reason. But because of the way because the fact that someone did not plan, the law takes over and tells the family how the assets are to be distributed. Mm-hmm. So that reinforces a very strong theory that I have is, you know, no one likes to talk about death and dying, but it's all part of what we live with. And proper planning uh, prevents. Unforeseen and unintended consequences to the surviving spouse, the family, and you know the assets that are involved.
1: No, that mean, I mean that makes sense. I didn't. I did not know that. I mean, I'm. I like all of my cousins. If any of my cousins are listening or watching, you guys are all cool. But yeah, I mean, like I would not have thought that they would have anything to do with any of my stuff if I if I got hit by that bus. Like, I, I wouldn't have even thought that they factored into the equation. That's true. Hmm. That is really interesting. So I don't know if you guys knew that out there or not, but <laughs> there you go, a little nugget for you. Uh, I mean, so what are what are some of the other other dangers of not planning well? I mean, you talk about unintended consequences. You know, I mean, that, that, you know, in my case, you know, my wife would have to now deal with. Like, what are some of the other dangers of not planning well when it comes to your estate? You
2: ha- if someone has... Um, um- Someone has resources and they, it, so tagging along with what we just talked about, a, um, a younger adult, so adult by definition is 18 years of age. So that person, <clears throat> because of the unfortunate circumstances of someone dying, becomes part of the estate, but they don't know how to handle resources and they don't know how to handle money. So, a a portion of, of the decedent's estate ends up in their hands, and and they're left with the inability to to, to handle it. Uh, uh, another example would be if a family has a has a uh, we'll say a child that has challenges, and it could be. Um, it could be alcohol related. It could be drug related, or more more importantly, they have um, they have special needs,
1: like a physical or a physical or mental you know, cognitive disabilities,
2: yeah. Yeah. and they they may already be on uh, some kind of assistance program. Well, if you if you don't plan property properly, they may get. Assets which would disqualify them for for the long term assistance that that they're they're counting on and and they're used to, so they may get an immediate benefit, but then in the long run be um, be left out in the cold.
1: Hmm. Oh, that's crazy. So you
2: know, and I would also say uh, in, in the planning process, you you get the ability to select who you want to serve when you're no longer here to carry out the terms of either your will or trust. Um, And we could probably talk for two hours on the how you select a trustee and the importance of that but that's not our purpose today and i'm not gonna bore anybody with those details
1: well, well okay well, let, let's not take two hours but i mean what's the what's the the two-minute version i mean just if somebody is like i've never even thought about this like what's the two-minute version of kind of like a, a key thing to look for when picking a trustee I'm gonna, the, and
2: i'm gonna use your situation Younger with, with a family. So <clears throat> one thing that would be important in, in the event that something happened to both of you would be the nomination of a guardian for your minor children and then a trustee to manage the assets that you have left in trust for the kids' benefit mm. until they reach a specified age. And so, so you want someone that's knowledgeable. Knowledgeable in, in business and, and in investing. There are any number of legal duties, legal being that they're imposed by statute on a, on a trustee. So you, um, it's a it's 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 a tough job. You, I I think one of the most important things is someone that you trust, mm. someone that's gonna that's gonna look at what either they're dealt with because you didn't have a document in place, or if you did, carrying out the specific terms of that rather than saying. Well, I know Josh, I mean, he didn't really
1: mean that. That's right. He would have wanted, yeah, he, he would have wanted me to different. have a little bit of yes. yeah. <laughs> Sure. It's just, so. So you, t- you talked about the, some of the, you know, dangers of not planning well for, you know, assets and resources. Uh, speaking to my situation, you know, so again, I've got, I've got all of my kids are, you know, minors, um, in the event we don't have a guardian lined up you know so so for for families that are listening they don't have a guardian lined up what what happens if both parents pass away who who handles the kids where do the kids go you know what's the process for that
2: well i think probably sadly <clears throat> in the in the very short term they're going to be they could be separated they could be together in, in one home until the proverbial dust settles. Um, but, but without that nomination in place in writing, then we re- always revert back to the law and the, and the statute on the guardian appointment will tell you who has priority and just because they have priority under the mm. law's eyes, does not mean that they are necessarily the most appropriate caregiver and mom and dad substitute mm. for. In your case, if you and your
1: wife are gone, right, and then now crazy Uncle Eddie takes over. Yeah, More like why in the world did <laughs> they give the kids crazy Uncle Eddie? You know, <laughs> what what are I, I'm curious. What are some of the things that? And, and I don't know if this falls under, you know, the things that you do, you know, but in a case like that, what are the things that they use to determine who the kids go to? You know, do they just say, well, hey, crazy Uncle Eddie he has assets and resources. He'll be able to provide for these kids.
2: You know, a lot of times um, you can, you, you have the ability of, so in this situation, Let's assume that we we now have a a matter pending before the court because both of you were deceased, so we had to open up an estate and then we're asking the court to appoint a guardian um, d- depending on the the age of the kids, they can go into um, they can go in and talk to the judge
0: mm.
2: into. In our case, into his office, and and express to him what what their desires are. Um, other than that, then you look at you look at the universe of family members, and you would really hope that somebody would raise their hand and step up and say, "I will take care of these lovelies," mm-hmm. um, and that they have the they have the qualifications of. Being good stewards, being good good parents, being responsible with money, um, we'll do the right things. We'll educate the children properly. We'll take care of their health needs. Uh, those are some of the factors that you look at.
1: Okay. Oh, that's good. That's good. So, what are some of the? You know, I mean, you interact with people on a regular basis about these things. What are some of the the top questions? People ask you, and maybe we've hit on a couple, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see how well my questions line up. <laughs> but what are some of the top questions that you get asked when it comes to estate planning? There are,
2: there are humble people that come in, and I'm using that term with humility, and they'll, and they'll joke around a little bit and they'll say, I'm not rich. I don't I don't think I need a trust. Mm. And I will fire back and say a trust is is a way that you can plan and avoid probate. And I'm not saying that probate's bad. There are all sorts of horror stories of that. People think that the court takes a big chunk of the estate, and that's not true and it takes a long time that's that's not because of the court it's because of issues that are going on in the estate mm. um, but i like a I like a trust because it's private it doesn't have to be filed anywhere. The only people that know about it are the lawyer. And the client, unless the client tells the lawyer specifically that you can talk to somebody else about it, um, and and that that person that I'm referring to, um, they may have they may want to give some money to a to a beneficiary that has some challenges. So give it to them so they get the benefit of it, but not give it to them so that they take it and just. Spend it willy nilly. Mm. Um, they always ask about cost. Oh, <laughs> always. And Just
1: about the about kind of the cost of of getting to the point where you have all of this in place. Yes. Okay.
2: What is what's the what's the cost of putting these documents together? How quickly can you do it? Um. And I give them depending on the situation and we can we can I, I give them options on how they can how they can pay for it and from a timing standpoint it is we start with what i need and then it's it's on them to get the information back so mm-hmm. that's um sometimes that that slows things down
1: okay
2: um Sometimes people will ask, you know, is is this is this private? Because, you know, we live in a small town, and I said, mm-hmm. absolutely, it's private. It is, it's it's confidential, and the only the only people that will know about it will be the lawyer and the client, unless the client tells
1: somebody. Right now, real quick, I want to I want to bounce back. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of variants. You know, like you said, I mean, probably estates of all different sizes, all different. Assets, uh, is there like a ballpark? Because not, cause not, you got me curious now, you know, like, you know, if I come in and hey, like, I want to make sure I've got a guardian for my kids. I've got you know just a couple of assets that I want to make sure you know are squared away. Like, is there like a ballpark cost? Because I mean, there there might be people out there that are like, I have I have no idea. Like, yeah, what what does this? like I don't even. Is this going to be ten thousand dollars? Is it's going to be, you know hundred thousand dollars. You know what? You know, is there like a ballpark cost to the process? The the numbers that you just threw out of
2: ten to a hundred thousand um, would be for for planning would be most unusual around here. Those kind of numbers are. Families that have multiple assets and and multiple businesses and
1: bajillionaires kind of thing. They're they're,
2: yes, they are God's been very blessed uh, Mm. to them. Mm. But in a in a non-taxable state, and that's I'm referring to the federal estate tax, which that limit. Of right, right now is about eleven and a half million dollars for you and I and any other individuals. President Biden is um, would like to see that reduced to at least three and a half million dollars. So if, if if we don't have a taxable estate and we're doing the planning, which would normally be wills, either one trust or maybe two trusts for husband and wife, durable powers of attorney, what I call health care powers of attorney. They're advanced directives to deal with health issues mm-hmm. at, at the end of life. Real estate transfers, um, a document called a funeral representative designation, where you can, in essence, script and plan out your funeral. Uh, that package, I w- in normally in a ballpark of two thousand bucks.
1: Okay, cool. So that's good. I mean, again, so if you're listening, if you're watching, that gives you some some idea there. Again, if you're, and that would be on maybe. a, well I mean, through 11 million that's a lot of dollars <laughs> i'm a long ways away from 11 million dollars so i, I wouldn't uh, cross that threshold if it if it were talking <coughs> about a federal
2: a taxable federal state then the number is going to be higher than 2 million
1: okay okay all right that's a that'd be that'd be a bigger state but uh, all right so i i i i totally you know, sidetracked us back to that question. Uh what are some of the other questions that people ask, you know, when as they're kind of exploring this topic?
2: Sometimes they'll ask, why do I need this? So we'll we'll go into the story about planning and being in control of your situation and what happens if you don't Mm -hmm. the the intestate succession.
1: So talk talk a little bit, you know, on that theme. You know, there's, a, there's a, a biblical principle is stewardship, right? This idea that everything we have is God's, right? And we're here to steward that, to take care of that. How how might we connect those two things? You know, the idea that we're called to be stewards and the idea of estate planning. Like, what do you see as the overlap?
2: When When I th- use or think of stewardship, it is uh, it can be protection of of the bounties that God has blessed us with. Again, going I don't going back to just doing proper planning. It can also be if a if a client, a single person or husband or wife, usually around here, has a charitable intent. And that's easily determined by a few basic questions. Sometimes they might even bring it up themselves. How can we how can we use some of their assets to benefit those organizations, charities, or or churches that or a combination of all of those to to have a legacy mm. it can be and there are a number of charitable planning techniques that um from outright cash gifts to distribution of appreciated assets to an organization either during life or at death there are gift annuities there um, I don't think that we want to go into the, the a laundry list of, of those <laughs> techniques, but I think of, of stewardship that way and also benefiting an organization that, that I truly love, and I being the client, um, through a setting up an endowed fund, so they, they give money it's entrusted to the organization, and um, the money is invested, and in in foundation or endowment terms, we'll just say the the income in a in a very broad brush, brush is uh, is used for the benefit of the organization. Mm. So I'm not sure if that's really. Well,
1: no. focused on your well no i mean i mean really i mean if you take if you take that and you look at the other pieces that you've you've brought here uh you know when it comes to stewardship you can say hey you know planning your estate well allows you to even in death to continue to invest in the things that god has laid on your heart very much so i mean so very, very much I think, so yeah so yeah, whether it's through uh, charitable organizations, uh, I mean, family. Right? I mean, we're we're called to provide for our families. You know, that's a that's a biblical thing, right? I mean, so being able to do that, you know, after I pass away, being able to, uh, you know, sow financially into organizations that I that I care about, have a passion for. Yeah, I think you, you, you tackled it. You know, and in a broader sense, with
2: the family, giving them the. Giving them a boost or a help to to fulfill their goals and objectives without making it a disincentive for them to work hard and 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 earn their way.
1: Well, and then okay, so let's let's as we we're I'm, I'm I'm glancing at my timer here. We're getting we're getting close, but I, I do want to hit on this too because I've I've seen over the years. There are a handful of families uh, that, you know, let's mom, you know, mom passes away and then a few years later, dad passed away. But these are, you know, the, the the children in this case are adults, right? So you've got, you know, parents in their, you know, 80s or 90s, they pass away. And now you have children, adult children, and, and it rips the family apart as they try to nap. Well, no, like like I should get this and you know what you took the dresser and I want the that you know, whatever. Is that, is that a, a, an effect of not planning well? Or do you think that does that kind of thing happen just cause people are people? I don't know. Cause I, I was curious about that. Like, as we were, we're I firmly believe
2: it is. Um, it's, it's not planning well. It's not properly planning. Sometimes um, parents are they're just so private that they they don't want to talk about what they have with their family. Mm. Um, I just I, I see the I see the benefit of of family meetings and I, it wasn't all that long ago that... Um, I think it was a study from the Federal Reserve Bank of Chicago. Yeah, now I'm talking boring stuff.
1: I, 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 I like studies, so you're <laughs> you're all
2: right. <laughs> but there were there from from the generation of my parents down to my generation, there were there were trillions of dollars that are going to be passed in the in the next few years, hmm. and some. Some families just are not um, are not capable of that of, of not handling that, and it's you see it more and more and more. And I'll tell you, in the last year or so, you with with the impact of all of this stimulation that's going on in our lives, I, I just I've seen a, um, a a gross uptick in that. Yeah. 50 years ago, you got the red scooter and I didn't, and I still remember that. And I harbor ill feelings towards you. Mm -hmm. So now that we have some resources to fight over and we've got some money, I'm going to litigate this. It's just horribly disruptive to family units. It it makes me very sad.
1: Yeah. I mean, again, I mean, I've seen siblings like, I mean, they're, Almost literally at war with each other over. No, I want this. Why did you get this? That you know, <clears throat> it's like holy cow. <laughs> and, and let me just
2: touch on that. Many times, it's not, not necessarily the money. It is. It's an item of tangible personal pro- property that has that has value to to two sibs. Mm. And so in planning, the client can leave a list, uh, and they can sign it and date it and says, I want this item to go to this person, I want another item to go to that person, and the um, personal representative or trustee has got to honor that. So... That's another way of scripting out how you want things done to avoid um, to, to avoid problems. Mm-hmm. While we're on a little bit of a problem issue in both of um, in both wills and trusts in Michigan, you can add language that says unless there is a there's a valid Um, There's good cause and a valid reason, valid legal reason. If you contest this document by filing some appropriate action in the probate court in the county where the client dies, um, if you do that, the court has the ability to make a determination that you the combating person died before me meaning that you don't get anything mm-hmm. so it's it's, it's a it, it's not used in every situation but in in the right family matters right family situation where where and you get to know that by asking the right questions if if you think that there's going to be, battles and wars waged after the person dies it's probably a good thing to put that in there mm-hmm.
1: oh that's good that's good now and real quick and I I'll, I'll, I'll make this my last question and it's bouncing back to an earlier one you know when you talked about designating that 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 trustee or that person you know sometimes you'll see you know uh, again elderly parents they pass away and one of their children is the the executor is that the is that the right word of well, the, the will. The
2: executor used to be, that's, that's an older term. Okay. Uh, the new the, the contor- contemporary term is personal representative under the will.
1: Okay, you, I'm, I'm looking for your personal opinion, maybe your professional opinion. Is it a good idea to have a family member as the personal represent, representative or executive, if I want to use my old school term? <laughs> it
2: is, um, so it's, a, it's the story like this. The neighbor says, "I, you know, I just went through a divorce, and everything worked out this way, and so your situation is going to work out the same way." Well, no two divorces are the same, no two planning situations, no two mm-hmm. families are the same, and when I said we could going back to when I said about spending time talking about. The selection of the fiduciary, personal representative, guardian, conservator, or trustee—that's um, where you dig into—is—is is a family member the right choice, or are you better off? Um, are you better off having two family members work together and 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 draft language that? essentially says they've got to get along or is it a situation where you, um, where you need an outsider, an individual or a, um, a, a bank or trust company to come mm-hmm. in and, and carry out things. So okay. it's, it's um, Josh, it's, it's not a one size fits all answer. Okay.
1: No, that's all right. That's all right. <laughs> Well, hey, I think we're uh, we're at about our time, but I do want to tell our our viewers and listeners uh, we're exploring some options. You know, John and I have chatted uh, just exploring some options to give you more information on this topic. Again, this is a this is just kind of to wet your appetite, uh, get you introduced to this topic. Again, within the context of death and dying, how can we be be good stewards of what God has blessed us with? Um, so yeah, keep your, your eyes and ears open for, you know, further opportunities to learn from John and, you know, just his experience in this. Field. There are, um, th- there are more things to come. That's right. That's right. Well, John, I want to say thank you for, uh, coming and hanging out with us for this episode of the podcast.
2: It was, uh, it uh, was a wonderful experience. Thank you. Thank you for allowing me to be, uh, in the, in the church lobby here. It's, yeah. uh,
1: This is good. Very comfortable, and I had a great time. Rock and roll. This is good. I look forward to uh, what we're going to hopefully bring down the road uh, here in the future. So right on. Well, hey, for those of you that are listening, watching, thanks for joining us. We would love it if you would rate, review, share, subscribe, throw this on your social media. You know, This is, again, something that I think we could all learn from. So I want to encourage you to share this with those that are in your sphere of influence. And we will see you next time for radiant Reflections.
0: Thanks for listening to Radiant Reflections, the podcast of the Radiant Life Church in Sturgis, Michigan. We hope today's edition of Radiant Reflections has helped you live like Jesus and share his love with your family, friends, and neighbors. To learn more about the church family this podcast originates from, check out theradiantlife.church. That's theradiantlife.church. Maybe you have some questions after listening today. We'd love to hear from you. Send an email to podcast at church. That's podcast at church. Don't forget to subscribe to the Radiant Reflections podcast. When you subscribe, you'll always have the latest content delivered right to your phone from the Radiant Life Church. We'd also be grateful if you could rate and review Radiant Reflections. Every time we receive a five-star review, more people learn about this podcast. We also want to encourage you to share this podcast on social media and with your friends and family. Join us next time for another edition of Radiant Reflections.